we gather here. This is BBC News. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a good Joy Story intro. The bells, yeah, yeah, leading into the not Toy Story ripoff on the piano. No, don't say that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. I don't even know why you'd bring that I'd up. Say, I said not. It's also not a Tchaikovsky ripoff. It's not a. Yeah, it's it's Coldplay not a ripoff, ripoff of anything. It's not an anything ripoff. It's yeah. completely original. Just the fact that the name of this podcast rhymes with Toy Story Does it? doesn't mean jo- joy. Uh, do you not know that? Joy, to- I didn't. I hadn't clocked that. Yeah. Well, it's an easy mistake to make. Uh, not even a mistake. It's easy to overlook. But... And the imagery of the podcast, like picture, that's not. No, it's got like lovely blue sky and clouds, which everybody loves. Yeah, yellow, red. Yeah, right primary in. colors, hmm. which again everybody loves. It's not a rip of anything. No, no, we we are entirely original. Absolutely, on this podcast. not ripping anybody off. To be completely clear, um, if any Disney Pixar lawyers are listening, um, it's fair use. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. You are not welcome. Enjoy story. Please don't sue us. We're both poor. <laughs> said it now what do you want to say it in well i don't know should we normally do the unison and you didn't join in well why you didn't give me a heads up i feel like i just want to walk away now well for for listeners you might have noticed that the audio quality is slightly different on this episode of the podcast because for the first time ever dan and i are recording this in person um we're currently sitting in paternoster square in london uh, a city in the southeast of england (laughs) (laughs) That's like um, on movies when it's like London, England. Like yeah, like, yeah. Like we needed that clarification. There are other Londons. Okay. <laughs> but this is the main one. This is the, yeah, this is the London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, so you'll notice that there's a little bit of background noise because we're sitting outside of a Starbucks. There's, there's a little bit of the noise of people's conversation. There's even the noise of, that's mugs against the very noisy table. Um that's Dan slurping. <laughs> Other coffee shops um, are available. <laughs> there's also the noise of St. Paul's Cathedral, which you may ha- might have just heard. Those uh, what those bells ringing were. So this is this is really fun. I'm, yeah, it is. It's a bit um, discombobulating as well. Trying doing this in real life, not meeting. I'm meeting you has yeah. been a real joy so far. I've really um, enjoyed meeting you in three dimensions, four dimensions, five dimensions. Uh, I'll just stick with three. Let's not get carried away. I'm sure there are more than three though. Not in me. We have had some conversation about scents. I don't know if they come into like a fourth dimension. Um, no, I don't think so. We won't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, anyway. Next month, we'll get a theoretical physicist on the show <laughs> to tell us what dimension we're living in. There are. Um, so it's been an absolute joy, but it is a bit, yeah, discombobulated. What do we say? How do we introduce the podcast? What are we talking about? It's, it feels a little bit... Yeah. It's weird doing it in 3D. Yeah. I, so... Um, Regular listeners will know, I think, because I think we talked about it in the last episode, that you and I have never met in person before. This is the first time we actually hang out in person. Um, and I was surprised by how tall you are, because on when we do this virtually, our eye level is at the same height, whereas I feel really dwarfed by you. So I f- now sitting down, I'm fine. But when we were walking around just now, I felt really emasculated walking next to you. I, 
I feel like I should apologize for making you feel that way. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'd appreciate that. Thank I, you. despite some of the conversations we've had this morning, I don't generally feel very tall. Um, and uh, until I see like a reflection in a window or a mirror walking by, I never really feel very tall. But me and you, you are not as short as I was expecting you to be. And I think that's because you have said <laughs> that you are short and you described yourself this morning as, well, I had an image of a, an infant in my head. <laughs> God damn. A little boy God in a damn. cap. Like this is, how I, in this a is cap. how I sell myself. This is why I don't have any luck on the dating apps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm basically a toddler with a huge black cap on my head. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah, I'm not as sure as, as I was picturing from your description of yourself. Okay. I hadn't thought, oh, Tim's a short person until you described yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't feel especially tall, like stood next to you, but I am sorry if that um, emasculates you. How tall are you? I'm six foot two. That's pretty tall. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, it's just how tall I am. I'm 5'9", which I would say is the lower end of average. So it's not like small. I don't think I... Like, I'm not short. No, you're not. But I am within the average, like, scale. Where's the I'm upper the, end of that average? Like, maybe six foot? Yeah? Yeah, I would say so. I'm two I'd inches five, above average. I mean, this is not based on any science. This is just my gut feeling. But I'd say 5'8 to 6 foot is average. 5'8, wow, okay. I'd say, well, maybe 5'8 is quite small. Hey, look, no offense to any short kings who are listening. We love you. You are our brothers and sisters. Everyone's welcome, apart from um, Disney Pixar lawyers. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's fair use. Back off. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> Fuck off, man. You're not welcome. <laughs> this is fucking joy story not yeah yeah yeah, some, yeah. yeah. i came up with this idea before toy story <laughs> yeah this was, just never got around to doing it 20 about years it. ago that's probably still more recent than toy story isn't it yeah i don't know i don't know when toy story came out i want to say like it's definitely when i was a kid 93 maybe 94 it's not that early maybe it is that so? early 93 is jurassic park yeah no, I, that, I do know that yeah we all know that we yeah. know that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so Welcome to Joy Story, anyway. Um, we did, welcome, welcome to, to Joy Story. Welcome Joy to Joy Story. Story. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Dan, and I am it's like coming at you, coming at you on this podcast. I um, don't like that. That's <laughs> a little bit like 90s, top of the pop. Cleopatra kind of coming at you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hey, not, cle- up, I'm not Cleopatra. <laughs> we are coming at you. No, I'm definitely like not Cleopatra, and I'm not coming at you. No, no. I am... Um, what is even I'm here as Dan the psychotherapist and I'm also here as I'm going to say two things as someone who is wearing a Jurassic Park Christmas jumper Mm -hmm. and someone who this week has been described as entirely underwhelming yeah I can vouch for that (laughs) I mean it, it would it would fit if you did because this was someone who I met for the first time in real life after only seeing on the screen for a while as well. And they said, well, I said, how is it being in a room together? And it's entirely underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> um, which actually, if I gave you the whole context, which I won't, but like, is actually a lovely description for what it was and it fits really nicely. But being described as entirely underwhelming is quite underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like to be described that way. So speaking Although I guess of in- the pressure's off. If you're underwhelming, there's no pressure. There's only one way up. Yeah, there's only one way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So speaking of entirely underwhelming, do you want to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am Tim um, and uh, 
I come to this conversation about joy and well-being and happiness from the perspective of somebody who's into theology and spirituality um, and as somebody who's a hospital chaplain um, and today as somebody who's wearing what looks from a distance like a camo coat, like camouflage coat, but then as you get, and from a distance, you might see me and think, there's a threatening, imposing figure because he's wearing camouflage, then a black cap. But then as you get closer, you notice that there's little cats hidden in the camouflage on my coat. Um, so I think up close, I'm not intimidating. But from a distance, I look like a hunter. I, okay, I don't want to invalidate that. You're going to tell me I'm not. First of all, you, this comes off the back of you telling me that you thought I was going to be small. And now you're telling me that I'm not intimidating. I thought you were going to be short based on your description of yourself, yeah. to be fair to me. Okay. And then as you were giving me live directions to where you were sat when I was meeting you, which I loved, turn left here. Um, I don't think I saw you and thought, there's an intimidating Bella. No, I, I think I'm probably not very intimidating, to be tr- to be fair. Do you know what I did think? What did you There's think? There's Tim in real life with my coffee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought I bought down a coffee and was waiting for him for a coffee. I was quite excited walking over that bridge. Um, I was like trying to spot you from a distance. Yeah. Um, what would he be wearing? And I had an image that you were wearing all black just based on you saying you had a black cap on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Ninja Tim. No, it turns out I was camouflaged. So I was I was actually hiding in some bushes when you arrived, completely <laughs> invisible to the naked eye. Praying. Apart from little cats, you would have just seen tiny little cats peering through the bush. It was a bit curious, yeah. What are all these mini cats doing outside yeah. next to the river? Like? Um, it's quite hard to describe my coat, so I'll take a little picture of it and pop it up on Instagram for anyone who's curious about what my coat looks like. I'm enjoying your coat. Thanks very much. Follow me on Instagram at Tim S. Leeson. <laughs> Tim's Leeson. Tim's Leeson or Tim S. Leeson or Tim Sleeson. Tim Sleeson. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Sounds like sluice. Okay. So, um, I think we've got a couple of topics we might touch on today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read uh, an, a piece of feedback we had via email. That email being the email address. Oh, um, uh, uh, come on, to, right. No, because I is, thought you were asking this something is else. ludicrous. Because <laughs> you said that email being, and I was going to say from Hannah. I thought you meant that particular email. I didn't realize you were asking about the email I address. I forgot on the email address. No, I haven't. Again. It's a Joy Story podcast at gmail.com finally it's easy to remember finally we've arrived at a date <laughs> i do love that this is a thing <laughs> we've made it a thing from nothing yeah. actually i don't like that because <laughs> now i'm gonna go so i'm in a week where i feel like a lot of some things are coming from nothings um so i do apologize that i've made something from nothing no it's fine i am not offended by it are you sure i think our listeners might be bored a bit I'm pretty bored of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> As I but started the kind of humorous joke, I thought this is pretty fucking boring right now. <laughs> but if we keep doing it, it'll get funny. Yeah, if you do it so many, yeah, like those things in Family Guy or whatever, where it's like done so many times. I absolutely do not want this podcast to be in any way associated with Family Guy. I used to love Family Guy. Um, I used to love Family Guy when I was 19 years old, because well, that's who Family Guy is yeah. aimed at. We'll say it was like one, two, three. But I loved it. Absolutely, I really loved it. And yeah. then very quickly kind of fell out of love with it. Yeah, absolutely. And quite liked American Dad for a bit, but not really. I don't watch any of those now, but I do always, no. always visit uh, Futurama. Yeah, Futurama's great. And Simpsons are great. Yeah. No complaints there. I'd be happily happy to be associated with them. Okay, well, 
so Simpsons of Futurama do that joke as well. Where, yeah, you repeat yeah, something yeah. over and over, you stop laughing, and then it becomes funny again. Yeah. There must yeah. be a science to that. Probably. We need to get one but of those But this is not the done. forum to explore it. I, I, neither of us are intelligent. Well, no, we are intelligent enough, but we're not in that area. Fuck you, Sleason. <laughs> Sleason. That's right. I'm all right with that. Dr. Sleason. Dr. Sleason. <laughs> That's my porn star name. <laughs> right. We've had an email from... Speaking of Doctor, Doctor Hannah Wilson. I don't. Uh, to be fair to Hannah, she didn't put Doctor Hannah Wilson on this email. I'm just saying she is a Doctor. Hannah's a mutual friend, and when I worked with Dan and Hannah, um, Hannah and I founded a very elite Doctors Only club, um, which was just the two of us. Yeah, but um, speaking of boring things, yeah, no, it was really excellent and highbrow. We had very no one else found it boring. No one else was invited. That's why. <laughs> How exclusive of you. Um, <laughs> so, Hannah's email reads, um, it's, the title of the email is Hello. Good title, Hannah. How original. I mean, Hannah, <laughs> I think you could have done better. Come on, Hannah. <laughs> We're just going to be really critical of Hannah's email. Oh, no. How awful is That's that? That's horrible. I, don't, I think it's a lovely email. Um, it title. is a lovely email. Hello. Good start. Hi both. I keep meaning to email you. You said the address enough times in the last podcast that it's actually in my memory now. To say that I am thoroughly enjoying them. They feel very much like being in a room with you both, as in very you. And it makes me miss being in actual conversations, virtual rooms with you both. Can't believe that's never actually happened in real life. But also kind of feels like being given a nice warm hug by spending time with you too. Um, Hannah's partner Phil also listened to the last one and thought we did a great job. Something Thanks, to, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Something to throw out for you to consider sometime, maybe. Navigating feeling joy when others around you are not. Always a tricky one, I think. Hope you're well, Tim. Speak to you tomorrow, Dan. With a... I don't know how to describe that emoji. Is it a rolling on the floor laughing emoji? Uh, Hannah, kiss, kiss. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. It's a really lovely email. While Dan was reading that, I'm just busy adjusting the gain here on the microphone, which I hope isn't affecting the audio experience too much but one of the downsides of being in a public place is that there's background noise which it's picking up so i hope i hope it sounds okay we'll just have to see uh when it comes down loud background performance in the podcast absolutely yeah Um, support supporting cast yeah um so yeah hopefully it'll be okay it's really nice feedback and a really good suggestion which i think we'll probably get to um hannah and i guess the other i know last time we delayed a conversation. We are going to carry on delaying that conversation about um, making male friends as an adult and all that that comes with and definitions and boundaries of friendships. Oh, bells are going again. Um, so without malfunctioning, we'll move on from that for yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but we did have another message from uh, Karis, who um, I've worked with a couple of times uh, and Carrie says, hi, folks, I was wondering about your personal journeys of finding and recognizing joy and how you manage any associated feelings of vulnerability that expressing joy can bring as an adult. All the best and really enjoy and listening, Karis. Mm. So we thought those two kind of fit quite nicely, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the vulnerability of expressing joy as an adult and also I think Hannah's phrase was feeling joy when other people around you aren't. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what, that, so that phrase is interesting because what I, well, what I noticed when you read it was the use of the word feeling. Mm. 
Um, which is because I think I think the kind of joy that we're talking about often on this podcast is maybe something that doesn't always feel like warm and fuzzy. You know, like we've talked about finding joy in quite difficult circumstances. Um, do do we need to pause recording for a second? Maybe Hang on, I'm just going to pause recording. Okay, and we're back. Um, I'll probably edit this stuff out, but in case I'm too lazy to edit it, what happened was we're tethered at the moment. We were tethered to Dan's mobile and he got a little notification saying you're nearly out of data. So now we've tethered it to my mobile and we'll use it until we get that same notification on mine. Then who knows what we'll do. Um, So what I was saying was, yeah, I was interested by Hannah's use of the phrase feeling joy. How do you feel joy when other people around you aren't? Because I think one of the things that's come up a few times on this podcast is that joy doesn't always feel like warm and fuzzy. That kind of, that kind of, that, that experience that we're talking about maybe isn't even a feeling. Maybe it's something deeper than a feeling. It's a sense of self. It's a sense of meaning. It's tied in with kind of your identity and that kind of stuff. Because I think some, you know, we've talked about, feeling or not feeling finding joy Mm. in situations that actually can feel quite difficult um i don't really know where i'm going with that but i think it is worth highlighting that there is like there's a there's a warm fluffy feeling which is lovely and and worth pursuing you can maybe find in joy that isn't the the joy not being the feeling absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah it's a good feeling but it's 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 like all feelings like uh transient it comes and goes temporary yeah and shifts um, and i was thinking that when you were just talking then about time really and feeling joy when others around you aren't yeah it's interesting because you might only feel whatever the feeling associated with joy is for like a second or 30 seconds or a minute or whatever like so yeah and it's not a well my experience of it is it's not a yeah, continuous consistent thing that you like yeah because we have talked a lot about moments of joy i think you kind of kind of prolonged moments of joy yeah that would yeah. be like i felt a lot of joy for like the last few hours or for this weekend i did all of these things and it was brilliant and i mm-hmm. felt so much joy all weekend but yeah that it's interesting what you say though because i think i think it is associated feelings with that i would when we get to talk about our kind of joy story of the month i think mine probably is like a, a weekend but it wouldn't have been a weekend where i've felt pure warmth happiness all weekend yeah there's just a lot of moments of really lovely stuff that then makes it feel like a joyful weekend yeah there's lots of little bits have happened that have been great yeah um so and i almost like saw that in my head then it's like a dot to dot of joy like that moment that moment that moment and there were lots of in between bits but actually what that ended up drawing out for me you drew those dots together was a joyful weekend with lots of stuff in between um and lots of different feelings associated with that. Again, I don't know where I'm going with that either. Is it like I'm talking out loud? But... Well, I wonder if, it, I mean, um, mindfulness has become such a pop psychology thing. Um, and there's so much kind of in the well-being world, which is bullshit, I think. Like I was, I was reading a thing recently about how the well-being world starts off in a kind of good place about, you know, looking after your mental health and that kind of stuff. And then slips into horoscopes and astrology and apologies to anyone who listens who's into that stuff but um but it's horseshit. You, you shouldn't be it's, it's absolute <laughs> horseshit. and then it descends even further into like 
anti-vax movements. Oh. Do you know what I mean? And flat earth theories and that kind of stuff. And it's all like, there's this whole like Instagram well-being thing, which is just bullshit, just absolute bullshit, but talks the language of like looking after yourself, um, which is good. Anyway, I'm sorry, that was a tangent. Where, where I was going with that was about mindfulness, which I think certainly from my spirituality perspective the purpose of mindfulness is that as you observe your emotions as you observe the things that are going on in your head and in your heart you notice them as fleeting you notice them as kind of transient things that come and go and by beginning to notice that you notice that there's a deeper part of yourself that's doing the observing that there's something beyond those emotions something deeper than those emotions and whether you're feeling sad or pissed off or lonely or happy or ecstatic or whatever you're not defined by any of those feelings there's something deeper than all of those things the the you that's doing the watching is deeper than that and i think where mindfulness becomes silly pop psychology pop spirituality that actually doesn't help people where is when it becomes all about how to feel better and actually the whole point of mindfulness is no no it's not about feeling better it's about you can feel sad lonely fucked up and that's okay that's okay you can feel peaceful about feeling that way and i think that's where i'm kind of getting at with this joy thing that that feeling that we've just described which is like i say it's a good thing and it's worth pursuing that feeling but it can't last forever um but what the, but the the deeper part of yourself the core part of yourself you know the you know ain't ancient spiritual leaders traditions talk about the kind of still point at the center of the wheel you know like while the wheel is spinning 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 there's a part of you at the core which is still that's not defined by those emotions it's beyond those emotions um dan's looking concerned well, dan's got I'm his proud I, I think i am um, thought and felt like a, about five different things at the point where you speak and I wanted to interrupt you a few times then because I thought oh this I think this about that but I absolutely wanted you to finish your thought so I'm going to have forgotten most of those thoughts that I was going to say <laughs> um, um, I think what do I think the, the first thing I was thinking when we were talking about pop psychology and mindfulness and stuff yeah and and you mentioned anti-vax I saw something the other day that was someone talking about self-care saying I'm not anti-vax, I'm pro my body or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Some horse shit like yeah. that. Yeah, people taking the pro-choice thing and saying yeah. my body, my choice. Yeah, this is this is my version of looking after yeah. me, is yeah. deciding what I do with my body. Yeah, which is not... Sorry, I'm going to. I'm interrupting you. Go on, you carry on. No, you carry please on. do. Well, I was going to say, that's not to. the point of vaccines. This <laughs> no. is not what this podcast is about. But the point of vaccines is, no, it's not your body, your choice. It's your. It's, it's for society. Yeah. The more people that get vaccines, the more likely we are to defeat this horrible fucking illness. It's not about you and your choice. It's about you doing what's best for the people around you. Anyway, sorry. Get vaccinated, folks. <laughs> get back. Hashtag get vaccinated. Anyway, sorry, Dan. Uh, Joyful I, vaccinations. I just did what you said you weren't going to do, which was the car right. you. So go, go back to your train of thought. Yeah, that was the only initial thing I was thinking when you were saying um, that um, you get all these apps and about mindfulness and like, oh, set a reminder to be do a 30 seconds of mindfulness here and, th- and it will make you feel better. Like you were saying, that kind of it's not that's not what it's for. It's no. not, and and it, when it gets utilized in that way, 
I think it can become quite dangerous. And you were talking a bit about kind of pursuing that, when pursuing that joy can be, yeah, problematic. I think that's a dangerous pursuit to try and find joy as a way of being. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's okay to find moments of joy and pursue those if you can and find that. Um, And I've got loads of examples of like, like, coming and meeting you or going to the theatre or whatever like I'll go because I think it's going to be like a joyful thing and I'm going to enjoy it great but to pursue a I want to be feeling joy all the time or happy all the time like it's yeah. just it's not feasible it's quite dangerous because you won't achieve it you'll yeah. then have all these feelings of failure and not I, what's wrong with me I can't find this joy that people talk about um, so I think hopefully how we talk about it helps with a bit of that kind of framing it in the way that you did when you're talking it can be feeling sad stressed distressed upset whatever it is and being mindful in those moments as well as the moments of being happy yeah but back to i think hannah's question around yeah i'm really curious about that that you've opened up i hadn't thought about it but that feeling joy when others around you aren't and i guess in some ways, we're questioning the premise of feeling joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which might, again, feel like we're criticising Hannah's... Well, no, no, not, not, at all, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I hope like... Hannah knows us both well enough to know that we're, we're not criticising. And I think, I think we'd probably be on the same page. Um, but yeah, there's something... I think, I mean, we've all had that experience, haven't we, of somebody who hasn't read the room and has come in all buoyant and bouncy and joyful when actually the room isn't feeling that way and it can feel it can i mean that can be a real life-giving thing but it can also be a real life draining thing um if you know if something well let's say okay for for in my role as a chaplain um, every day I meet people who are frightened, who are seriously unwell, who are facing their own mortality, who are lonely, who are isolated. Every day we have those kinds of conversations. And if I were to go in trying to make them feel joyful, hey, like Patch Adams, like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Patch Adams is awesome. <laughs> let me but, tear you out of what you're feeling and come exactly, into this joy exactly yeah. yeah yeah yeah. well you should feel happy you know it is better to have loved than lost like you know yeah. don't be sad because it's over be happy because it happened Blech. like but, they the patients who i see would rightly want to punch me like it it would be completely invalidating of their feelings and actually it's much more important in that context to empathize and to say yeah, that's really hard. That's really hard. Um, or that's really scary or, or whatever. And not, not to try to fix, not to elevate them to a point of joyfulness, like a feeling of joyfulness, but to sit with them in their sadness. Well, it misses empathy, doesn't it? If you do that version of coming in and ripping someone out, you don't, you're not empathizing. You're not or validating, like you say, what, what someone yeah. else is feeling. I've had a lot of experiences of that working with, especially with looked after children of people who like, often... Um, children or anyone who's experienced a lot of childhood trauma they'll be um up and down emotionally a lot and if they're in a miserable place or feeling really distressed often adults will go in and try and cheer them up out of it yeah oh we're going to do this activity later that's going to be really fun and you completely miss what's going on 
the young person or whoever that person is then feels completely invalidated. Like you don't understand them, you don't get them. Yeah. You can't possibly understand what I'm feeling because you've come in and done this version of something that I'm nowhere near. Mm. Um, when actually just going and I say just like it's easy and it's not. My supervisor pulled me upon that this week that I minimize what therapy and stuff is sometimes by mm-hmm. saying oh, it's just being with a human being and just yeah, yeah. sitting with <laughs> yeah, someone. It's easy, anyone it's, can do it. And just being a human being. Um, <laughs> like, like it's really easy to be a human being as yeah, well. Yeah. But joining someone where they are. Yeah. Um, and if that's a deep, scary, um, dark hole of despair. Yeah. Like joining them in that, knowing that you can come out of it safely, but like joining them in that alongside someone, being alongside people. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to that when we talked about moments of joy and real despair, it's those, you know, you can be alongside somebody, empathize with where they're at. And all of a sudden you've got this connection and you shared, yes, possibly a horrific moment, but you shared it with somebody. Someone feels validated, seen, heard, recognized, joined, and hopefully helped out the other end of it. But if not, even if you haven't helped them out the other side, you've been with them in it and they're not alone. And I think there's something quite joyful in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which then isn't a feeling of joy. Yeah. But there's something joyful, I think, yeah. in that. Um, so maybe, maybe it's worth flipping it on its head slightly. And rather than saying, rather than looking at it as a kind of like, how do we generate joy in moments of sadness? Maybe it's better to say that it is our our innate, our inner joyfulness that then gives us the courage to sit with people in those moments of sadness or even to just experience our own sadness, you know, taking our professions out of the context to have our own sadness. Yeah, It's it's being in touch with that, again, to use that, that image of the, the still point at the center of the spinning wheel, um, the part of us that's peaceful, the part of us that's joyful means that we can go into difficult, frightening, even traumatic situations with some confidence um, because we're in touch with that part of ourselves. So it's not something we're generating yeah. to fight those things. It's actually the thing that's giving us the courage to face those things. And it's, I mean, I guess putting like professional hat on to, to talk about some of that, putting my psychotherapy hat on, where is it? I've, uh, I've misplaced my psychotherapy hat. Um, <laughs> it might be in my shat on bag. <laughs> Tim's bag got shat on by a pigeon as we were sat outside stuff. <laughs> and we're still in the... Firing oh, well, I am. Yeah, you Dance are. neatly <laughs> under shelter. Well, you... Whereas if I look up, I can just see little tiny pigeon assholes just <laughs> looming over me. Just like, it's like he's slowly aiming. That's brought me a lot of joy, nervous. folks. But, I, <laughs> but I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a cap. So Not your psychotherapy right. cap. <laughs> no, um, no. Yeah, no, so to true. put my psychotherapy cap on. Um, um, Holding on to, or yeah, I guess I'm reframing Hannah's question already, but holding on to or feeling joy when others are not, I could define that within psychotherapy and and how difficult that can be professionally because yeah. that's essentially what you're doing as a therapist is whatever you're feeling, if it is joy or something else, you're going into someone else's experience with them, whatever your client is feeling, joining them there while still being able to hold on to your stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not going to get into kind of psychotherapy lingo i'd rather use human lingo but um, yeah so yeah holding on to your stuff or your joy or whatever it is um and not that you like put that down and supervision helps for this and your own therapy as well possibly there's a way of being able to almost compartmentalize it whilst for me more like um 
uh, what do I mean? Um, like aligning it with something else that you feel like you can kind of join it with something else that you're feeling and experiencing. So if your client is in a place of distress, you can join them in that distress. Yeah. Your joy, if that is what you're feeling, can still be there. Yeah. You can acknowledge it. You don't have to put it away somewhere. You can safely hold on to it knowing it's not going anywhere. Join this other experience. Hold someone's hand in that experience deeply feel it with them and feel very sad or stressed or whatever it is with them knowing because you found your way into that experience you know your way out as well like you've kind of yeah. forged your own path through to where that person is and you can find your way back out and hopefully hold their hand back out as well and then find your way back to where you were, were. yeah um and their experience of distress or whatever may well come with you as well and you can hold that as well yeah, and it doesn't yeah. have to impact your entire life um but yeah, I think there is a knack to that. Uh, personally and professionally, I guess, in, in different ways. Professionally, as a psychotherapist, you learn how to do that. Um, and it's not easy. Um, I used to get that quite wrong, I think, initially when I was a trainee um, and joined people in distress and trauma when I wasn't ready to know what was mine and what wasn't mine or to come out safely again i'd get quite stuck sometimes which is a really dangerous place to find yourself but learning that how to hold on to what's yours what's theirs joining things together coming out safely yeah it's quite um it's a vulnerable place to go um but it can bring a lot of joy and change and yeah and i guess that's why and again it's so important to differentiate this from kind of terrible instagram pop psychology Mm. But that, so that phrase self-care done well is so important because you, you need to kind of get in touch with those, with that deep reserve within you, you know, that reserve of joy. And that means, you know, surrounding yourself with friends and family who you feel safe and understood by, who you feel loved by. That means doing stuff that makes you feel happy you know that and that the, the feeling there does matter you know doing stuff that's fun and that makes you feel happy to to tap into that part of yourself yeah um and, and it's so important to i guess fill that reserve so that you can be you, you can face those situations yeah um the uh i i hope i'm right in saying this because i'm not a, a buddhist or a buddhist scholar by any means but i remember once hearing that the Buddha said before he was enlightened, he was depressed. Then after he became enlightened, he continued to be depressed. The the difference is that post-enlightenment, depression wasn't scary anymore. Depression didn't define him. He wasn't, he wasn't, depression wasn't everything about him. Um, And I just, go on, go on. You You know, I'm, I'm really connecting with something you're saying. I think in that my supervisor challenged me on something this week and it was about, what kind of well initially what drew me to be a therapist or to and I said there's a lot for me about going to someone else's dark place with them and being able to come out of it like I've just said a minute ago but there's something for me from going through my own horrific traumatic dark places that feels quite comfortable and familiar to go not necessarily back to mine but into other people's kind of dark scary places it feels quite comfortable for me sometimes and I have to be really mindful of that and aware Mm. of it and, and, and be able to come back out of it but there's something comfortable and 
familiar because it's not as scary as it was. And so that, what, what yeah. you're sitting on there, like that depression isn't scary anymore. Yes. Yeah. Because I know, like I've been through this, I'm now here, I can go, I can revisit that or go into other places because I know I'm safe. Yeah. And I know it's not this big scary thing anymore. I can, um, yeah, I've kind of processed that. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to end up like, mumbling a load of Well, and I think that's really important. And it's also really important to say that this is a lifelong journey for all of us. Yeah. And I, I want to be really clear that I'm not saying, like, I'm enlightened like the Buddha, and therefore now my mental <laughs> health issues don't trouble me anymore. That's absolutely not the case. And yeah. there, are, there are certain things in my mind which are still upsetting but i know my way around them and i can navigate them because i know that they don't define me anymore but then every now and again they do still feel like they really define me and i feel completely unwell with them um and they're they're very frightening um but i think like i say for me what what draws me to the language of spirituality and theology and that whole world despite how much of it is silly nonsense um is is the hope that there's a deeper part of myself which is peaceful which isn't scared of depression or other people suffering or whatever it is and my my journey in life is moving towards that part of myself and which as i say will take my whole life and occasionally i get glimpses of it um, and sometimes i don't even believe that it's there depending on what day it is but I just had to find a quote on my phone as you were talking because um, you were just talking about silly nonsense. And I just remembered this thing from this week. You know, Susie Dent does like a word of the day mm-hmm. on Twitter. So she did one. Word of the day is flap doodle, which means stuff and nonsense. I love so that. I, like, I love that. Like pop psychology stuff, flap doodle. Yeah. The um, mind, body, spirit section at Waterstones. They should rename that to the flap doodle section. Flap doodle. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's such a good word. Completely. Flap doodle. Yeah, I really like it. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I, d- I think I want to acknowledge, because I know I just said about um, feeling comfortable to go to dark places, it's not as scary. I just I feel like I need to acknowledge, like this week has been a really, a quite a difficult week in some respects, and I still had moments of joy this week, and like meeting you's been brilliant today, and like there's been other really lovely moments. I am feeling particularly flat and vulnerable this week i kind of hope that doesn't come across too much but um i am feeling that and in terms of joy when other people around you on i guess i'm having a bit of an experience of um other people not feeling joy and, and almost being like brought down to that rather than keeping hold of what i've got sometimes being like i'm getting drawn into this narrative of coming away from joy into other people's and Unjoy or yeah, yeah, non- yeah. What, I don't yeah. know. Like, so I just yeah, I want to acknowledge that. I think yeah, yeah, and that and actually that really ties into Hannah's question. And again, here I am talking about stuff that I don't really know about. But that's my. Have you spoken about this on the podcast before? I can't remember. Karma, and um, and I've heard you talk about karma. It might not be here though. It might might have been on the other podcast. I can't remember. But um, uh, the kind of pop psychology you know instagram version of karma is 
if you do something bad, then the universe gets angry at you and does something bad to you, which is dumb. Grr. And if you do something good, then the universe thinks, hey, Dan's all right. And, you know, I'll give him a chocolate bar. Um, and that I, <laughs> Thanks. I Thanks, absolutely don't believe in that. That's a, I, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that is what some people understand karma to be, but that's, I don't believe Well, where's in my at chocolate bar? Uh, well, you had a nice cup of coffee earlier. That would do. But the way I understand karma, and again, if you're a proper Buddhist who knows about this stuff, then email in and let me know if I'm wrong. But the way I understand it is that we're all swimming in the same pool, basically. You know, all of us on this planet, all of us in our society are all swimming in the same pool. And if you piss in the pool, then you're making it worse for everybody, including yourself. So yeah, if yeah. you piss in the pool, then you're swimming in a pissed in pool. Um, and that, so for me, karma is if you put hatred, fear, negativity out there, it's not that there's some consciousness in the universe, although I do believe in God, but that's a conversation for another time. It's not that the universe has a consciousness that goes like, oh, Dan's such a git. I'm going to write Okay. You want bad stuff here? Have some bad stuff. It's just science. It's just, it's just like every action has a reaction. You put negative stuff out there. You're having to breathe it in too. Well, it's you know, you've put there, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's in the universe. Exactly. You've, um, you've made the, the universe a little bit worse for everybody, including yourself. And that's uh, when I think the thing that's so, like, so important about that is that what we put out there is contagious, you know, like, and fear is contagious, but also joy is contagious. Yeah. Um, and when other people around you are feeling fearful or envious or hateful or whatever try as you might it's really hard not to absorb that stuff it becomes like it it, it it is contagious and you feel it even if you don't agree with it you know what i mean like let's say i don't know we mentioned um anti-vaxxers just now so i'll just use them because they're at the mm. forefront of my mind yeah. but their fear and anger about the vaccine i think they're wrong i think they're silly I think they've been completely misinformed. So I don't agree with them on any intellectual level, but on an emotional level, their fear and hatred is contagious. I end up feeling it. I end up absorbing it for myself. I just got a round of applause for saying I, that. I don't think you did, but all right, you, you take it. Who's clapping? That, did I, you hear I that? I yeah, I heard it. I can't see the people, though. That was a heavenly host clapping me for having said such it a wasn't. powerful that, meaningful That's karma thing. for you. Um, that was the angels. That was the angels clapping. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to respond to. What, um, I don't know. There was something I was going to say. got distracted by the angels got, clapping. You wanted a round of applause so much. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody You angels. willed it into being. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. Um, yeah, I think, um, yes, joy can be contagious. And the negative stuff and people kind of, um, my experience this week is like throwing shit at my own joy feels really horrible. And depending on the veracity, intensity, onslaught of that, is, can depend how contagious that is. Like yeah. to, to get drawn, like it's one person that doesn't particularly matter to you. Yeah, I think you can kind of insulate yourself in the bubble with which you're in, or something, or bounce it back, or not be too concerned by it. But I think when there's a bit of an onslaught, it, it can feel like an attack. Absolutely. And then you get yeah. well. For personally, I can then get into kind of a defensive mode. I do want to say, but. <laughs> Uh, um, I know. Um, <laughs> Dan's got his knife out. I'm not going to malfunction, though. <laughs> like, um, I think being defensive and defending oneself isn't necessarily a negative or bad thing. No. And I just think it can be framed like that sometimes. So, yeah, you, but you can find yourself in a defensive place, which then just take you away from where you were if you were in a joyful place. And, yeah, yeah that contagion when it's um, particularly onslaughty. 
from different places and a bit I don't know I'm not going to go further with that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to, before yeah. I malfunction. <laughs> well, that's while you're malfunctioning. Um, let's talk about vulnerability because yeah. I think that's part of uh, the malfunction at the moment. Um, but so that question about how do we manage the feelings of vulnerability when expressing joy, I think that ties in really profoundly to what we're, what we've been talking about this whole time, whether like not even feelings of joy, but feelings of sadness, you know, how, how do you, how do you manage the vulnerability of talking to people about what you're experiencing, I guess. Um, and I was talking about this with somebody yesterday um, and, you know, being vulnerable is quite, quite a powerful thing mm. and quite a good thing. I think, you know, Brene Brown's excellent on this, like any, any of her YouTube videos, like she talks a lot about this and she's awesome. Um, but the person who I was talking to about this reminded me, and this is, this is really important that vulnerability only works with people who are willing to be vulnerable with you. Absolutely. And yeah. if you try to be vulnerable to people who don't have the emotional intelligence to hear your vulnerability or who'll try to fix it, do you know what I mean? Who, yeah. who will try to pull you out of your vulnerability and say, Oh, you're all right. No, you're better than you think. Yeah. Um, or people, you know, and, Luckily, I don't think there are many of these people, but people who will use your vulnerability as a weapon against you, who will attack you with your vulnerability, um, that's a bad idea. And so how do you decide when it's safe to be vulnerable? It's really hard, actually. And I would say vulnerability is a good thing and something to be pursued. But in some situations, in some cases, actually, don't, don't do it. It'll be bad for you if you do it here. Do you know what I mean? Um I feel yeah. quite tearful, like hearing you say that. Um, Make, making Dan cry for downloads. Can I get the tears on the mic? <laughs> <laughs> this is content gold. I do feel, I feel really fucking sad um, hearing some because I guess this week I've had a bit of a dual experience of that. Of um, I do express vulnerability. I, I'm, I was talking to a couple of people this week about this. I do this version of like live narrating how I feel quite a lot. I'm quite uh, comfortable with being able to say how I'm feeling. If I'm angry or if I'm sad or if I'm distressed yeah. and, or happy, I'm quite happy to kind of share. And some people don't like that and it's not comfortable for some people. Fine. Which is, again, something you were saying. But um, yeah, I find I have been met with different responses this week at different ends of that scale of really being met there and someone else then sharing their vulnerability which has been a beautiful thing actually like two mm. people sharing vulnerability together yeah uh and then i feel like i've also had it thrown at me in some kind of when i was talking about slinging shit earlier but i think more like whipping or like some yeah weaponizing it yeah and like right this is your vulnerability i'm gonna go in on that yeah and um now what are you going to do? Like, here's, yeah, here's all this stuff that you're really vulnerable with. Um, and it's really hard to be confronted in that way. With Like, when you're met vulnerability with vulnerability together alongside people, I think it's great. But then when you're met with it as a weapon, it feels really attacking. And it goes to a different level of vulnerability then. Because you're not in control of it. You're not choosing to share that. When someone's, like, taking you to a different vulnerable place. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you didn't choose to go to and like um we were just in the tate 
and the Tate Modern. And I don't know what that room is that was the black kind of round circular room. Oh, yeah. It's one of the one of the tanks in the Blavatnik building, which is called like, yeah, almost like Soviet era, yeah. spooky. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was talking about like a recurring nightmare I used to have that kind of rem- that room reminded me of. And what that... It, the reason I'm saying that is because being met with this vulnerability as a weapon felt like kind of being dragged into a room like that and, going, and left in there with the door shut and going, right, now confront that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now share with me what you were going to share in this new room you're in that I've put you in. And like, um, yeah. Which then feels impossible. Yeah. And, like, I can't then make decisions or talk. Yeah, so it's... I don't know if any of that makes sense, I've just said. But, it does um, make sense. It's really hard, I think, the vulnerability thing because when you when you do express vulnerability whether that's you know about sharing positive experiences or negative experiences you're giving the person who you're sharing with a lot of power Mm. and that power is something that can be really healing and nourishing but it can also be really destructive um and i think i think there's I think it, there's an intelligence to vulnerability that we need to hold on to. In other words, it's it's good to be vulnerable, yes, but also use your head about context, people, and we to protect it and safeguard it. Yeah, like yeah, it's, like know where you where it's safe and yeah. not safe to yeah to and who with and who not. To. And you learn that in a difficult way sometimes. Oh, that wasn't a safe space or person yeah. to do that with because it turns out they've turned it into a grenade and lobbed it at me. Yeah, yeah. I have, uh, to to a lesser extent to what you've just described, I have somebody in my life who I have uh, often expressed vulnerability to. Um, somebody who, particularly in moments of real anxiety and not feeling very well mental health-wise, I've spoken to this person. Um and they've always been kind of, you know, pretty good at listening and um, even saying the right things and that kind of stuff. Um, but there was a conversation I had with that person recently where they made an offhand comment, an offhand joke about some stuff that I had expressed to them, which made me feel like, oh, you're not as safe as I thought you were. Yeah. Um, and it really stung. And it meant that the next time I was feeling vulnerable and I wanted to talk to that person, there was a part of me that thought, maybe they're not the best person for me to speak to, actually. Um, this might be thrown back. Yeah. Like that grenade yeah. kind of a way. And never, never in a um, deliberately vicious, spiteful way. Yeah. But in a way, you know, it's, it's little jokes, yeah. little kind of offhand comments which seem relatively harmless but build up to a kind of i just don't quite feel as safe around you as i as i wish i did um and maybe as i thought i did before um and that's really hard so i'm really sorry you've had that that's um because yeah those subtle nuanced ways of doing yeah when someone's intention might not have been to throw a grenade or whatever like it's Sometimes that's almost more difficult because they're not maybe doing something intentionally, but it certainly gets your guard up then. And like you yeah, that's right. Almost do this self-editing version of when you're sharing something again. Of like, or you either do it again in the knowledge that it might come back, yeah, or you don't share yeah. it again. Um, 
it's 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 passive aggression is what it is mm. which is the worst thing like it's absolutely so toxic because with aggression you can deal with it yeah. you know if someone just outright tells you to fuck off and tells you that they hate you yeah. that obviously hurts and is horrible but at least you know where you stand it's and okay there. we need to start dealing it's, with it yeah. whereas passive aggression little jokes little barbed comments that kind of thing which aren't quite enough to make an issue out of they're not you know if you make a big deal out of them then you know you're the one making a big deal out of it and that kind of thing it makes it really hard to deal with and it's really disempowering when someone's been passive aggressive towards you yeah, like i just feel completely disempowered in those kinds of contexts I fucking hate passive aggression it, it's horrible it's the worst thing and i'm and to be clear, I'm guilty of it because I'm I hate either. conflict. I avoid conflict yeah. like anything. I'm so bad at conflict. And so when I am angry um, or feel let down or whatever, it probably does manifest as passive aggression. Um, so, it, But but that sucks. That's something it's that horrible. I need to Yeah, no, I know. On. I do it. Um, it's just a shitty thing yeah. to be on the receiving end of. Yeah. It doesn't feel very nice to do it either. Like when you realize you no, have No, that's like, right. Oh. It's not satisfying for anybody because no. you haven't actually cleared the air or dealt with the problem you've mm. just well you've just pissed in the pool a little bit more yeah you just squeezed that a few more drops you're now in the pissy <laughs> pigeon shit pool yeah 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 that's right yeah <laughs> yourself yeah you're getting all pissy yes you can maybe take some comfort that someone else is getting pissy but where's the comfort when you are as well yeah um, I, I am nervous in this conversation that it comes across like we're saying don't be vulnerable and do you think that's I, what it sounds like well, I hope it doesn't. Mm. And I really want to be clear that that's the opposite of what I want to say. Um, I guess I'm saying just be intelligent about who you choose to be vulnerable with. And it's really important to find people who will understand and listen and empathize. If, like, again, back on this week, I, yeah, I, I feel a bit flat and vulnerable this week and I feel attacked by something. But actually, the moments where I feel most connected this week have been where I've shared some vulnerability and been met with it. And yeah. so they've been beautiful moments yes it's not happened as in as the same way in other arenas with other people which is a real shame but i still uh, wouldn't sacrifice what i did have in sharing the vulnerability with other people yeah so to have that you know I just it's, it's definitely been worth it for me but yeah i think it's just being mindful of who are you sharing with is that a safe person and sometimes yeah. you only learn that after the fact yeah so be prepared for that. Like, are you comfortable with your vulnerability if it was presented back at you in a different way than you thought you'd given it? Yeah. That's what sometimes people do, though. Like, you can hand your vulnerability to somebody, like a piece of Play-Doh or plasticine or something, and then they'll misshape it and show it back to you in a different yeah. way. And like, here it is. Well, that's not what I... I didn't give you that. Yeah, yeah. I gave you this, like, lovely flower made out of plasticine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving me a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it's right. made of the same stuff, but it's... Yeah, yeah. It's not very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Take it away. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, I was going to say it's like love. Um, and I guess, in a way, it is love, because love, loving somebody is being vulnerable. Like, that's that's how I understand love. And love is... I'm going to sound like the Beatles now. <laughs> love is like the greatest thing. It's the most healing thing. It's all, the most, it's, it's all you need. It's all you need. Um, it, but it's also the thing that can potentially hurt you the most, right? It's a yeah. thing that stings the yeah. most when, when it goes wrong. Um, it's a thing that fucks you up more like, 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 like nothing else can. Um, so it, vulnerability is the cure, I think. You know, like vulnerability is the solution to all sorts of things but it's also 
really dangerous. <laughs> I think we should revisit the topic of love at some point. I know that's like a big topic. <laughs> yeah. This episode, yeah. love. We're done. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by love. Yeah, completed. <laughs> finished. We've sorted love out. Um, I think there's something in that, though. That, um, yeah, what love is and yeah, like losing love or it changing or shifting or um, making room for more love. I don't want to get all kind of hippie and be as well, but like, I think, um, I, I don't know. I, there's, a lot, there's quite a few people that I love a lot in the world and then new people come in you, it, it, like they don't have to, I don't know why I'm coming with this but like they don't have to occupy any of that existing space of love mm-hmm. you can create more space and have yeah, more that's right. love that's right yeah it's not oh this is going to replace that one it's like just love can and other joy as well like can just yeah. be expanding in that way it doesn't have to be this is my capacity of joy in this little cube here that's right so if i get more of it this one has to leave it so i don't want to just make the cube a bit bigger yeah, yeah yeah and there's always space to make that bigger yeah i think yeah i'm quite sure how i landed there but um well the um the the slightly religious illustration which comes up in the bible is uh mustard seed so it starts out like love is like the tiniest tiniest seed you can imagine but it grows into this enormous enormous thing and never stops growing mm. you know like if you plant it right and treat it right yeah um it, it yeah there isn't there's no limit on how much love there is to give we've created a song somewhere in there haven't we i mean this i was about to sing a sunday school song but i'll, I'll spare you <laughs> there's plenty love of them. has no limits by the Joy Story team. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I could um, cry, create a jingle for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Are we going to have the jingle for our little Joy Stories soon? Are we going to have that in Well, there? you're the jingle guy. You um, tell me. Well, I I sent you a, like, a version of something. Yeah? If you're happy with that, gonna, we'll I don't know. That sounded, def- that sounded definitely... like I wasn't happy with it. Yeah? If you're happy well, with that, I was, shit, yeah, well, all right. we can do it. <laughs> I mean, the jingle that I created definitely wasn't another ripoff. Not that there wasn't another ripoff anywhere, but it wasn't a ripoff no. of anything. There weren't. There are no ripoffs in this podcast. If it sounds anything like a children's program involving like young versions of Muppets, um, then that's on you. It's then... not that. Well, yeah. Just because you hear that doesn't exactly. mean I gave you that. Exactly. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, listeners. <laughs> Disney Pixar. If you're listening, <laughs> please don't sue us. Yeah, yeah. Also, I didn't mean to say fuck you, listeners. I'm sorry. I like yeah, you that's guys. Not very nice. Share the joy. <laughs> Invite them into the joy. Don't tell them to fuck up. Well, I'll tell you what. So, um, uh, let. So, we'll insert the jingle here. <laughs> no, we don't need to hum it. So let's get into the joy stories because mine's relevant to what we were just talking about, um, which is our listeners. Tim, um, what's your joy story I'm, this I'm, month? I'm glad you asked um, because I, so I made the, I, my other podcast, God or whatever, um, I have been struggling a little bit with finding the creativity and the time to invest in it. Um, and so I, put out an episode of the podcast um just a couple of weeks ago basically saying look i'm not quite sure what the future of this show is um it might be it might be that this is it maybe maybe it's over maybe it'll evolve into something else maybe it'll just come out every now and again you know i'm not quite sure but then i kind of said you know like if you listen to it 
and you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and I got a couple of just really very touching emails and messages on social media from people who I don't know, from people who live on the other side of the world, um, who I've never met and don't know anything about, um, who just had really lovely things to say about the podcast and what it meant to them. And one guy in particular, who I, I won't name because I've not asked his permission to, to read his email out, but he talked about, he listens to this as well. He said he started oh, listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just said that he's been having a bit of a kind of tricky time in life recently and that the podcasts, including this one, have kind of been like, I can't remember exactly the phrase he used, but essentially kind of like therapy for him. Um, oh, and it just, you know, we put, we put this stuff out and we know that some of our friends listen to it. Um, but just knowing that there's people who we don't even know who listen to it and get something out of it, it's really, really awesome. It really kind That's of gave lovely. me a little boost. Um, so I still don't know what I'm going to do with my other podcast. It, I still don't know whether I'm going to carry it on or just end it. Um, but it's just, it was just a really lovely kind of thing to connect with people who I would have otherwise never connected with. And to like, I, I can't, say how sincere i am when i say that they their messages really really moved me and it was really lovely to kind of have a bit of back and forth with them and yeah i make, hope people hear that because i can feel it like here like sat with you here i can feel that like how sincere you are about that and that's that's really lovely yeah um um i started i messaged you when i started listening to that podcast and i don't you didn't know why i was messaging because i said like it was really nice to hear you talk about oh yeah yeah finding some like um joy and comfort and meaning in like your work and you're like what makes you say that yeah <laughs> just heard you talk about it on your podcast yeah because um, i forgot that it came because yeah. i pre-record them and set yeah. them to release and i'd forgotten that it came out on that day yeah um but that's lovely to get that feedback because um i mean feedback from anyone's lovely isn't it but then to, when it's yeah someone you don't know and they've, they've said this thing that um about something you're putting out into the universe again the karma thing you know yeah. Yeah, by putting something out hopefully in this positive nice way it makes everything yeah, a little bit better. I don't yeah. want to like give it that kind of profound, but it, it is. Yeah, though, it does. It? it does. The yeah. same way as if yeah. you take a piss. And actually, um, both of the messages that I particularly have in mind at the moment, they both said, you know, if that's the end of God or whatever, then that's cool. I still, I was really glad to be along for the ride. It was really cool to to be okay. a part of it for however many episodes. Um, and that was really like, so it was really, it, really lovely and flattering and nice things to say, but also no pressure. No, like, yeah. oh, come on, man, you have to continue. It's so good. Just kind of like, yeah. you know, maybe that's it. And that was a cool chapter and I was glad to be along for the ride. Um, and that's it. So that, that's a really, going back to the vulnerability thing, yeah. actually, both of those people made themselves vulnerable to yeah. me. And receiving another person's vulnerability in that way is a huge privilege and a huge gift. Um, and yeah, I'm grateful to them for sharing it. I like the message in that there as well, that, um, that podcast and other things don't need to be a means to an end. Like the means itself is like enough and good, yeah, like the, yeah. it existing as it is, if it has ended is uh, lovely and fine. It doesn't need to be something that's going towards something. It can just exist yeah. as it is. Um, I use that sometimes in therapy, actually, as well. That sometimes you are like working towards a thing or a goal or a name, but sometimes the means is enough in itself to yeah, kind of just yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be. Oh, we need to arrive at this place. It's, That's right. We can just we can just be. Yeah. 
and sometimes that is absolutely enough and more than enough sometimes yeah yeah dan what's made you joyful since we've last spoken lots of things to, um <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> you have to pick one that's the format I'm picking 17, Joyce. No, um, <laughs> this will be a three-hour episode. <laughs> Number one, um, no, joy, my joy story for the month. Um, so my um, my really, really, really good friend Phil um, invited me to uh, do a obstacle run, like a, a, a nuclear race and a wolf run. Uh, I've never done them before, and he's done some of those before. And um, we did two in one weekend uh, this month. Well, in November. I guess this is coming out in December, but this was in November. Um, and we did a nuclear race, uh, which was a 14K. Not that, I'm actually not bothered about the distance. It was like the uh, obstacles and like muddy, cold lakes and outdoors. And then we did a wolf run the day after. So all in one weekend. So we were a bit broken by the end of the weekend. Yeah, man. Um, and for the rest of the week, a bit yeah, broken. I'm sure. Um, but I can't emphasize enough what that weekend gave me and there were so many moments of happiness and joy in the weekend um uh i'm just remembering a moment of joy that phil would have had because he um there was an obstacle where there was these like rotating barrels in water in really thick muddy water and you try and get over them and i was struggling a bit and he just gave me the biggest shove more shove than was necessary right. over the <laughs> over the barrel so my limbs like were just every- assaulted you. <laughs> yeah kind of so my limbs were everywhere and i just went straight my whole body under this thick muddy water and it was it was so much fun like okay. so doing all that i mean it was really cold and tiring as well but all of these like playing on it's like a big playground in yeah. the and you shouldn't go out and play in the mud and cold like it's kind of but we did and it was it was just so much fun yeah and it brought so much like childlike uh joy and play so um, exercise has been a really difficult thing in my life in the last few years and to bring some joy and fun and play into exercise and mm. to being active with someone who means so much to me um as well alongside me doing that together was so joyful and yeah. brilliant and i'm so glad he invited me along we're going to be doing more of those uh next year and but not only did that bring me joy in certain moments and brought some play to exercise it's also opened me up to lots of other things of uh, choosing and freedom and not restricting things in my life so off the back of that not that I need to get into numbers and I'm sorry if this is like I hope it's not triggering for people or anything but like I've now right, reduced how much I'm running each week uh, to I run once a week now which is great I'm introducing different activities into my week that I get a lot of joy out of like I do the hip-hop dancing already but other things as well so and I've started uh eating different things that I want to eat and doing just and more than that doing things I want to do yeah um so that weekend opens a lot of freedom and choice <laughs> for me in a really hopeful joyful way um and I really thank Phil for inviting me into that and being alongside me um and it has brought a lot into my life that I'm really really grateful for yeah um, that's my joy story that's cool I feel so you messaged me about the that fun run thing and I don't know how you read my reply but I was just thinking while you were just sharing that that so like Dan messaged me like to tell me what his plan was I think he sent me a picture of yourselves all covered in mud and my response was kind of like why the fuck would you do that what's wrong with you and talking about making yourself vulnerable only for someone to throw it back in your face i now think like oh no was i a bit of a dickhead because i just personally i can't think of anything i would less rather do like dan just now talking about 
falling face first into that really thick mud. <laughs> I think like that sounds horrible. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I you don't need to apologize. Handed you back a plasticine shit to use your illustration from oh, earlier on. <laughs> I did not feel like you did that. I thank you for saying that and acknowledging okay. that, but that didn't. That's not how it felt. Um, awesome. I know that's not what you'd want to do. I, I know you wouldn't no, no, want to go no, and do not that. At all. Like I know, but the, I don't mean the handing back a shit. I know you wouldn't want to go and do an obstacle course on a muddy, wet, cold. I yeah. know you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the trickiest. I don't know, the worst part, I guess. Like it, was, it was so fucking cold in the afternoon on Saturday and there's these things called death slides and you get to the top and they're like nearly vertical slides and then they scoop up at the end. So you come like jumping up into the air off the end of it and plunge into this freezing cold lake, your whole body. And that, I love the slide, but the moment I was in the air, I had this like slow motion dread of like, shit, I'm going into this ice cold lake, yeah. whether I like it or yeah. not. And they keep telling you all the marshals and stuff around keeps it. Do not stop moving. Do not stop moving. Like, um, um, you've got to keep going because otherwise you'll just seize up. Oh and man! It, Honestly, it's bringing on a panic attack just hearing <laughs> you talk sorry. about it. I'm <laughs> sorry. Please don't have a panic attack. No, I'm if joking. you do, you've got a therapist next to you. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. Uh, that's not for you. It, it's to me that was like the equivalent of like, I don't know. If I sent you a picture of like a prayer book and I was like, ah, oh, look, look what I've just got. How awesome is it? And your response would be like, that sounds I mean, all right, fair enough. Thanks, I don't want to do Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. I'd, should I send you back a picture of screwed up paper or something? That's, like, uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I think to your prayer book. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just send me a picture of it on fire. <laughs> no, I didn't experience you handing me back a plasticine shit. Don't worry. Good. Okay. Um, I'm really mad. It's nice that you kind of reflect and acknowledge that, though, but I, that's not how I experienced it. Okay, good. But, yeah, no, that, it did bring me a lot of joy. It takes all sorts, doesn't it? It takes yeah, all yeah, sorts. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're all different. So that's um, that's our joy stories for the month. Yeah. Well, I think we're just at over the hour mark, so it's probably a good place to wrap it up. Um, so do our unison thing? Yeah, we'll do it. Should we, first of all, oh. plug the email address? You do it. Oh no! What's you... the email address? I need to remember the email address. <laughs> Joystorypodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, That's... and just email us like anything, anything that you think it would be interesting for us to talk about. Any questions? Any feedback? Any thoughts? Any comments? Anything you disagree with? Like, yeah, just just get in touch because it's all fuel for the. To your point from an earlier podcast, though, but don't be a dick. Yeah, don't, don't be a dick. Like, if you disagree with us because you're an anti-vaxxer. I, we don't need you in the audience. We're just going to delete the email. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm not going to, if yeah. I start reading that, I'd be like, well, delete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, genuinely, we'd love to hear from you because that's what fuels these conversations as you guys taking part. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Online. We'd appreciate any feedback, any thoughts, ideas, join the conversation. Um, there's some skateboarders around us uh, creating some noise. Havoc. Absolute havoc. It's chaos here, listeners. <laughs> yeah. There's pigeon shit flying everywhere. Skateboarders, the bells, round of applause. Dangerous crowds of young people on skateboards. <laughs> Not young people. Presumably smoking drugs and carrying <laughs> knives and sexting. <laughs> I can see them from here. <laughs> Kniving each other. Sexting. While sexting. <laughs> Passing STIs to each other yeah. in bags. 
that's that's what that's the what kid, happens that's isn't what it? the kids are like that's what the kids are like these days yeah with their spice and their sexting <laughs> <laughs> i think i just spat you then sorry sorry the microphone caught the bulb sorry i'm really sorry <laughs> i'm really sorry about that that made me laugh <laughs> cool well thanks for listening everybody and you've got a friend in Bye. Bye.